Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. In Jesus' name, praise God. Let's get our Bibles this morning. We're going to the book of Revelation today. Revelation chapter 3 and uh, verse 14. We'll begin our start there. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. Unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, because you say. It's what the church is saying. I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not thou art wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That's what God said. They said, we're rich, increased with goods. We don't need anything. God said, uh-uh. In verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and I sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Lord, we love you today. We thank you, God, for what we know you are and who we know you are. We give you praise today and we honor you, Lord, with our worship. Let it be, dear Lord Jesus, a sweet-smelling savor to your uh, nostrils, Lord God, to your smell, to sense us and feel, Lord God. Father, your people love you. We love you dearly, Lord Jesus, and we need you desperately today. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. It is with vivid imagery that the book of Revelation depicts for us the end time and how that redemption comes to its designated point of conclusion. The spotlight of the book is Jesus. 
the unveiling of the Lamb. Amen. The Redeemer who has ransomed and saved mankind. John's opening statement of this book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Then Jesus informs us he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And he tells John what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. I want you to, this is your your mission. I want you to write down what I tell you about the end of the conclusion of redemption. And when everything is wrapped up, I want you to write about it. But I want you to tell my church some things. I want you to witness some things to my church. Can I tell you today, Jesus loves his, his redeemed. He loves his church. He loves us, imperfect as we are. Uh, uh, as inadequate as we are, he loves us. You see, Jesus wants his church to be blessed. He wants us to be maturing and growing and becoming perfect in him. Jesus wants us to make sure that we are in a close relationship with him. I believe that it is the desire of God to show up when there is a need. I believe there is a desire of the healer to show up when there is sickness. There is a desire of the deliverer when there is bondage to show up and to help his people. Amen. God wants a relationship with you and with me that is intimate. That is intimate where he is close enough with us that we can have a, 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 a eye-to-eye, as it were, conversation with him. We find in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17, and when I saw, John said, I fell at his feet as dead. I saw him, and I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Amen. The Lamb gave his life for these churches. The Lamb provided redemption for these people. He loved us so much that he gave his life that we might know the path of righteousness. He loved us so much to redeem us that he paid the ultimate price. And I want to tell you that even after that, he loves us enough to correct us. He loves us enough to chasten us. He is the good shepherd that uses his rod and staff both to defend and to correct. He loves us. Somebody say, he loves me. Jesus said, write these seven letters. I'm going to write these seven letters to the churches of Asia. Each letter shares a common structure. Jesus says to each church, I know your works. He paints a particular picture of each church. He shows both their flaws and their potential problem as well as their victory and their overcoming should they listen to the Spirit as it speaks. 
to the church at Ephesus, and I'll run through these quickly. The picture is that Jesus is the one, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand. The church was, was loved and labored for the truth. It loved the truth and labored for the truth, but it lacked a love for their first love. They, they had strong doctrine, but they didn't have a good first love. And the Lord said, I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to the Spirit. He said, if, you'll, if you will just listen to me and, and get your act together and get intimate with me again, I'll give to eat of the tree of life to you. And in the midst of the, that is in the midst of the paradise of God. That's what he said to the church at Ephesus, to the church at, at Smyrna. He said, I'm the one that conquered death. He said, but you're having a problem with fear and persecution. There's no spe specific condemnation about Smyrna, but other they, they were dealing with persecution, poverty, and prison. Amen. And he gives them the promise. He said, you're not going to be hurt by the second death. To the church at Pergamos, he says that he is the word of God that is sharp. Amen. The problem with Pergamos as they battled false doctrine and teachers and they tolerated sin. That's a bad problem. Amen. To the church at Thyatira, they had a problem with idolatry and adultery. Amen. They had put up with the seducing spirit of Jezebel and allowed fornication in their church. And the Lord said, that's a problem. You need to take care of that. To Sardis, he called them spiritually dead. They had a name that they were alive, but they were dead. To Philadelphia, he said, you're discouraged and perhaps have the desire to quit. That's your need. But to each of these, he reached out to them with a specific love and a specific return to me. Come to me. Overcome and I'll give you. Overcome and I'll bless you. But when he gets to this seventh church... The church of the Laodiceans is a little bit different. Let's dig in them a little bit for our, our study today. Laodicea was a large city situated in the southwest of Persia in the Roman province of Asia. It is now part of western Turkey. It lay in the fertile valley between Hyperpolis and Colossia. It was strategically located at a three major intersection, three major highways converged. And it made Laodicea an extremely prosperous commercial center. It was filled with bankers and financiers. It had great wealth. It was a city that could afford the opportunity to build things like theaters and huge stadiums and lavish public baths and fabulous shopping centers. They had hospitals and they, they were known for their black uh, 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 silky wool that they produced. They were known for their medical uh, ingenuity. It was, a, it was a wonderful, thriving big city at this time. But it had one major disadvantage. It lacked a sufficient supply of good water. So it's prosperous. And he said, under the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things, saith the amen. Somebody say, he's the amen. He's the certainty of promise. He's the amen and the faithful and the true witness. He does not lie. He's always doing what he said he would do. You can count on the faithful witness. He is the beginning of the creation of God. Jesus, the word, is the source and the power of creation. Amen. He wanted to impress upon these people, these prosperous, self-sufficient people, that he was the source, not not their wealth. 
You see, Colossia was only just a few miles from uh, Laodicea. And to the church that Paul wrote at Colossia, he says this in chapter 1 and verse 15. Who is the image, speaking of Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist you believers of Colossia you believers of Laodicea let me remind you it is by him it is through him it is of him he is the all in all you can't get any better than that he is the need supplier the word Laodicea comes from two Greek words You've heard this before, but let me share with it with you again. Laos, which means people, laity, and decia, which means opinion, custom. The combination means the opinion or custom of the people, ruled by the people. People rule, the majority. Amen. It's about people's rights, if you please. Laodiceans would be applauded today for their rugged individualism. They would be applauded today because of their materialism and their monetary success. They would be applauded today because of their beautiful buildings. They have found ruins that present great beautiful buildings in this place. Laodicean, you're, you're, you're great. You're wonderful people. But when you begin to notice the writing to the churches, you will find that the beginning says to the first church, to the angel of the church, of Ephesus to the angel of the church in Smyrna to the angel of the church in Pergamos to the angel of the church in Thyatira to the angel of the church in Smyrna or Sardis rather and in Philadelphia and then it says the last thing to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans all the other is there in the church amen but this is the church of the Laodiceans somehow Jesus had gotten on the outside. What's the problem with Laodicea? The people's church. Not the Lord's church. It's the people's church. What's the issue? They were not rebuked because they lost their first or left their first love. They did not get rebuked because of their fear or dealing with persecution. They were not condemned for battling false teachers, bad doctrine, and tolerating sin. They didn't get into a problem with the spirit of Jezebel. They weren't condemned like Sardis for being spiritually dead. Amen. They, were, they weren't discouraged and ready to quit. What's their problem? They're prosperous. They had it going on. They were busy. Their methods were modern. Their buildings were first class. They had money in the bank account. Amen. They had good music. They had good organizational skill. They gave generously to missions. They had no issues with their leadership. Amen. They had, they had to seem like everything was good. Their standards of holiness are good. Amen. There's no problem mention of that. Amen. Most folks would have put them up as the model church. That's the church. You know, the first church. You know, that's the good church. Everybody on Facebook wants to be like Laodicea. Everybody on, on Facebook wants to follow their their, their method and their idea. But here's the deal. You might want 
to hold a conference there for the facilities. You might find that there are good roads that leads to their building and shopping in the conference would be great. Restaurants would be great. But what you wouldn't find in that church was something that was on the outside and that was Jesus. Jesus was on the outside and not on the inside. In Revelation 3 and 15, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were hot or cold, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. With a lack of good water supply, Laodicea got their water from two sources, Hyperlius and also Colossia. They piped in from the hot springs from one direction and cold water from the other direction. But by the time they got there they both were lukewarm so they were living in a lukewarm condition the water was brackish and did not taste good and so the Lord said because you're lukewarm you got a little bit of the world and a little bit of church you got a little bit of the world and a little bit of the kingdom of heaven amen it's lukewarm Jesus said it makes me gag makes me sick of my stomach some churches make God angry Others make him sick. The spirit of Laodicea, the spirit of lukewarm apathy. Not on fire, but not really dead. Indifferent. Indifferent. The church doesn't need another slick program. It's got good programs. The church doesn't need another method. They've got good methods. Amen. But I want to see what is their issue. What is really their issue? Revelation 3.15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Because thou sayest... I am rich and in need increase with goods and have need of nothing. What is their problem? They don't need anything. What is their problem? They don't need anything. Hey man, I'm living in a world today where the church is blessed. Our churches are blessed. We are blessed. Are we not? We're driving nice cars, living in good homes. We may not be living in a home that's like Carmel, but this isn't Carmel. But we're living in good homes. We're driving nice cars. Look out in the parking lot. We've been blessed. We've been blessed. But I want to tell you, the building doesn't mean anything if Jesus is not on the inside of it. That car doesn't mean anything if Jesus is not on the inside of me. Amen. My job doesn't mean anything. I can have a lot of money. But it doesn't mean anything if Jesus is not in it. Methods can be good and programs can be good and they're wonderful in themselves. But without Jesus, they're nothing more than an organized party and a club but Jesus is what we need we need the manifest presence of Jesus the manifest presence of Jesus will change your life they had plenty of resources they had it all together but why is Jesus on the outside they had no revelation of need that's what I want to talk to you today revelation of need. They had no revelation of need. We have need of nothing. We have, and Jesus is on the outside. Think about that. We don't need anything, but Jesus is on the, where's Jesus today in your heart? Where's Jesus today in my heart? Where is he today in our priority? Amen. We could fall into the, 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 the security of our blessings. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. But I want to tell you some 
somewhere you've got to realize that what gets God's attention is not our blessings. It is not our success. It is not our prosperity. He's not impressed. The God who made the Milky Way is not impressed with your Milky Way cake. He's not impressed with what you have. Amen. He, oh, do you see what I'm driving? The Lord said, hmm, I'd drive the universe. He's not impressed with our blessings. But I'm going to tell you what he get, what gets God's attention. It's your need. It's your lack. It's your brokenness. It's to the point is that God, if I don't have you, I'm not going to make it another day. It's the revelation of need. It's the revelation of the regardless of how much money I've got in my wallet, regardless of how well I've been blessed and how I, oh yeah, have a new church. Oh yes, have a great car. Yes, have great blessings. Yes, be healthy and prosperous but don't ever say I have need of nothing I want us to say that we've got to sometimes even create need because it's a sad indictment when a church is blinded by their arrogance and conceit and say I've got I don't need nothing and Jesus is on the outside Laodiceans you're needy but you don't know it but there's hope for you because Jesus said, be zealous and therefore repent. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Amen. I want to just say some things. I, I hope I would be taken in the context of what I've seen, what I'm saying it. I watch people that can shout and run the aisles and hoop and holler, and still Jesus is on the outside. He's not looking for your hype. He's not looking for your emotion other than a passion for your need. Say like uh, blind Bartimaeus that said, Jesus, thou son of David have mercy on me why is it because somewhere there's got to be a cry in your heart for more of him there's got to be a cry in our heart that says I have got everything but really I'm missing everything I've been blessed beyond measure in this year of COVID I've been blessed I've been taken care of but more than a protection from COVID more than a protection from this chaos more than a deliverance from fear I need the one knocking on my heart I need the one, I need his manifest presence. I need the Holy Ghost to show up right where I am, right where I'm at. I need him more than anything. It is a revelation of need that we've got to have today. God was not impressed with their nice campus. He wasn't impressed with their good programs. He wasn't impressed with their bank accounts. What impresses God is need, need. What gets his attention is need, need. Some think that they can live this life all by themselves. He's on the outside and knocking to get in. Amen. Let us be, as the scripture proclaims in Hebrews 4 and 16, let us come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time, in the time is there any needy folks in the house today? Is there somebody that can say without a shadow of doubt, I can't walk without him? Amen. As the old songwriter says, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I need you every hour. I need you every hour. I can't get by on my ingenuity. Oh, let it be.
Let it not be. Let it not be what was said of the American church by some Chinese men that visited for the first time to America and they were asked, what did you think of the American church? And their response is, they were accomplishing a lot. They're accomplishing a lot without God. It's amazing how much they can accomplish without God. I want to tell you, that's Laodicea. But let it not be so. A Medora Pentecostal church, let us never say we're going to rest on our heritage. We're going to rest on our history. We're going to rest on our yesterday miracle. We're going to rest. No, I need you. That's the knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door. You know what opens the door? I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. Come fix this, God. Come help me. Me, God, help my family. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about a welfare mentality. I'm talking about an honest need that says, here I am, God. Help me, help me, help me. Psalm 72, 12 says, for he shall deliver the needy when he crieth. Not when he whimpereth, not when he just, eh. but he'll deliver the needy when he does what? Christ, Christ. Jesus said, repent with passion. Come back with zealous passion. Amen. I believe that there needs to be an igniting of our passion for him in the need. Oh God, I need you. I need you. I need you. Blind Bartimaeus didn't care when they said, be quiet. Don't you do anything. You need to hush your mouth. Hey, but what you don't know is that I have a need. And if I can get to Jesus, if his presence... Have we forgotten that he can change things in a split second by his power and by his presence? Yes. Now we can just YouTube it. Get our answer. This is YouTube. it. only problem, I love YouTube and you can get all kinds of instructions and how to do something. But Lord have mercy. They're not always right. It takes a dad sometime to teach a boy how to fish. Y'all, y'all, y'all with me? <laughs> Hallelujah. But God responds to need. He responds to need. Look at Psalm 113 and 7. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifted the needy out of the manure. He lifts the needy out of the dunghill. Okay, the poor, shake your dust off, you know, get up, wipe yourself off, go on. But the needy, they're messy. They're stinky. The needy, they're the ones that you want to say, <laughs> God bless you. I'm going to keep my distance. But what the Lord loves is that when you step up before him with your smelly mess, your mess of a marriage, your mess of a life, your mess of what you have done financially, your mess of how you've broken relationships, your mess of sorry decisions, your mess of your pain and a sickness you did not ask for, and yet you step up before him when he's knocking, that is opening the door. Your need will open the door to Jesus. I want to just stop here and sidebar, but it's a part of my topic, is that the Lord's not impressed 
by whiners. He's impressed by criers who are needy, not complainers. Oh, I could preach there a little bit, but I'm not going to. Go back and get last week or so when we preached on Thanksgiving. Amen. I'm in a mess. The Lord said, I love that. I love that. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and save as such as a contrite spirit. He's attracted to your brokenness, not your perfection. He's attracted to your brokenness and not your perfection. But if you're going to do that, you got to let your pride be torn apart and quit saying, I don't need anything. I'm all right. I'll get by. No, God, I can't make one day without you. If you want to get out of your desperate situation, you've got to have a broken spirit and a contrite heart he said he would not despise you know the prodigal returned home and his first words that got the move was I'm hungry I'm hungry I'm needy I'm hungry you know there's some things I probably have never eaten but if I got hungry enough I'd probably eat them Turn your nose up at Brussels sprouts if you want to. Mm. Turn your nose up at, at, at that meat and this meat and all this kind of stuff. Turn your, but when you're hungry, you don't care. You're going to eat what's put before you. But when you're hungry with the Lord, you run to him and say, I don't care what you've got to do to me. That's the prodigal went back and said, I don't, I, you don't have to call me a son anymore. I just need you. I need to be at home with you. The man of the Gadareans was bound by demons. He was all messed up, yet he had in his need enough cognizant awareness that when Jesus showed up, he began to worship him in spite of the devils. Amen. Your need is greater than any attack that the devil comes before you. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. If you'll present your need, no devil can stop you from getting to Jesus. Oh, Lord, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour. Hallelujah. While some sit and, and pretend and play with their, you know, their, their, their purse and play with their phone and, and play with it. The, amen. There's a, somebody in this building right now that says, I witness what you're saying, Pastor. Amen. I'm not just happy where I'm at. I need Jesus. I need him on the inside. I can't stand where I'm at. I can't stand what I'm doing. I need you, Jesus, on the inside. Let it be the revelation of your need that unlocks the door. For Jesus to come in. The psalmist cried, I am poor. Psalm 70 and 5. I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer, O Lord, and make no tearing. I am needy. I am need. I'm in need. Let the spotlight of revelation turn on our souls today and help us see just how needy we are. Oh, God, hallelujah. Because I read in my Bible that says, my God shall supply all your, shall supply all your, shall supply all your, ooh, glory, 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 according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Stand with me, please. You got somebody in your family 
at Christmas time, you go try to buy a gift for them and you can't figure out because they got everything they need. Got everything you need. How often is the Lord looking down and saying, well, you think you got everything you need? I'll just go stand over here on the outside. You got everything you need. You're fine. You're fine. But he says, what I'm looking for is the cry of need. The cry of need. Desire is important, but it's really declaration that gets his attention. Oh, I want this, but are we crying for it? It is the cry of the needy that opens the door for the manifest presence of God to come in. Look at it all through scripture. Look at the miracles. How many people cried out to him? How many people went to him? Amen. The four friends that brought the paralyzed man, they brought him to him because they were bringing their need to the one that can answer it. Bring your need. Bring your need to God because that shows surrender and humility to him. Bring your need to God because it shows your faith and belief in him. Amen. Bring your need because when he answers your passion for him will be inflamed your level of spiritual living will be elevated amen for the revelation of the need is that Jesus is standing on the outside waiting for his people to stop saying I'm fine stop saying I don't need anything stop saying I'm really spiritual I've made it thus far amen when we should be saying I need thee oh Lord I need thee I need thee I need thee Amen. Today I open this altar. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.